please turn to the New Testament in James, the fourth chapter, beginning with the seventh verse. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the, in the sight of God, of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. Thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. If you'll turn to the next book in the New Testament, the First Peter 5, Beginning with verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, that means watchful, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist ye steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, Establish, strengthen, and settle you. Back in Ephesians, which is back in your New Testament, I get a little ways, is the sixth chapter. He also talks about the devil. The sixth chapter in the tenth and the eleventh verse. Finally, my brethren, uh, what be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What a great admonition. What a great insight. It goes without saying that we have to mention that Christ came into this world and he had to fight with the devil. Peter was told that the devil had him. And Jesus even called him the devil and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, one time, when he differed with Christ. Then Peter said, He's like a lion. 
You have to watch him. You have to watch him. It goes without saying that it is, it is a great admonition to us today that we need to take inventory of ourselves and to see if we're on target or see if where we are working for the Lord. And I'd like to talk with you this morning about where you are in regard to wrestling with the devil with the power of Christ. Christ overcame him. He wouldn't let Christ alone. He killed him. Thought he did. He delivered him when he killed him. He delivered him so that we he could deliver us. And he's the victor. He is the one who gives us the strength to overcome in this great battle. Are you familiar with the old fable about the devil's sail? It's interesting, and uh, like most old fables, it has a moral that's worth thinking about. The story goes that Satan was having a sail for all of his wares. There on display and offered for sale were the sword of jealousy, the dagger of fear, the stringling noose of hatred, each with its own high price. But standing alone on a purple pedestal, gleaming duly and dully in the light, was a worn and battered wedge. This was the devil's most prized possession, for with it alone he could stay in business. And this was not for sale. This was the wedge of discouragement. Why do you suppose that the devil valued so highly actually would not sell the worn and battered wedge of discouragement? Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? I think he prized discouragement because of its enfeebling, demoralizing effect. Hatred, fear, jealousy may lead an immature person to act unwisely, to fight, to run, to grab, but at least he acts. Discouragement, on the other hand, hurts him more than any of these. It causes the person to sit down. It causes the person to pity himself and himself or herself. It causes a person to do nothing. Now, this doesn't have to happen, but unfortunately, it all too frequently does. Not until we realize that discouragement is 
often a form of self-pity. And we began to take stock of ourselves and our predicament and decide to act, to do something that will take us out of the unpleasant situation we find ourselves in. The answer to discouragement, to self-pity, is intelligent action with the King of Glory, with the all-powerful Christ, who says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world, to the end of time. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can do all things through me. And you're all powerful. And you can do even above that which you are able to think or to act. Intelligent action. W. Clement Stone one of this country's wealthiest and most successful businessmen, leaders, formed the habit in the early days of uh, his career to say, that's good. That's good. Whenever anything happened to him, bad or good, he'd say, that's good. Most of the time, of course, with him, it was pretty good. But even when he learned of things that came into his life that were near calamity and collapsing and, and catastrophic, he was deadly serious and he'd say, well, that's good. That's good. He would smile and say, that's good. Then when some people would shake their heads in disbelief, and didn't think he could do anything, he'd go headlong into that which was looked difficult and ungetoverable and insurmountable. And you know, now there are times when you and I, when misfortunes come, and they just come down like bunches of bananas on every hand. Yet if we understand that something in it is good, if we can see good in it, we will go quietly and efficiently about our way, intelligently acting, because we are hand in hand with the all-powerful Christ, the one who has overcome the cross, the one who has overcome the devil. It is the mature way to get rid of discouragement. It's intelligent action in the time of difficulty. Every businessman, every salesman, every elder or preacher or teacher in God's kingdom, we need to understand when nothing goes right, we can stop and say, that's good. Because we can see a great opportunity. We can see a great opportunity. It seems as though 
maybe at times that the sun has gone out and has gone down and will never come up again. This is a time to take long-range sight, intelligent action in the powerful Christ who is victorious over death, hell, and the grave and offers to each one of us victory, victory in the end. Since self-pity, since self-pity and inactivity is a big lot of of a person his schedule of one who is is really discouraged we need to make a special effort to replace the vacancies and the lack of action in the right direction in our life the salesman makes more presentations the salesman calls on more people the salesmen, salesmen get active. They will not let them get into that kind of blockage. But even more important, when you lose touch with people, when a salesperson loses a, an account, when he loses a sale, he's got to say, why? Maybe it's something that I do is wrong. When we lose people from the church, when we, when we reach out and don't make the contact, we need to say, we need intelligent action in Christ, the all-powerful, the ever-living, the life-giving, the strength-giving Christ. And here's an opportunity when I'm down. Here's an opportunity when I'm discouraged. Here's an opportunity if we're decreasing in number, if we're not reaching out. This is an opportunity to become more prayerful, more dedicated, more time with Christ, more pleadings to help us. You know, the best salesmen I know have, one time or another, been forced to analyze what they're doing that's wrong and to improve. They have a dry spell. They have a time that they don't have any, any, any business. Why? What are we going to do? What is this the best thing to do? How do we do it? You know, we go back to doing the things we were successful with. We've stopped doing it. Perhaps in the church we've stopped inviting people. We've stopped sharing Christ with people. We've stopped praying. We've stopped being interested. We've stopped seeing the great things that come to people who are energetic and enthusiastic. You know? Emerson said, when a man is pushed, when a man is tormented, when a man is defeated, he has a chance to learn something, to do something, to be something, and to be somebody. That hasn't changed. And that's the reason Jesus came and gave us deliverance 
When he preached his first sermon in Nazareth, he said, I came to deliver people that are in bondage, that are discouraged, that have drawn inside themselves to deliver them that they might be free. Discouragement very often comes on the heels of crises. And it's said that crises are just thoroughfares to success. We can either go down or we can go up. We can succeed or we can fail. By doing something constructive and having intelligent action with the creator of the universe and the savior of the world and showing him with people that he said he has all authority will not fail. We haven't tried it and found it wanting. We just haven't found tried it. I believe you'll agree that discouragement when it comes to all of us sooner or later is a test. It's a test to see who we are. What kind of person we really are. Those who refuse to yield to it in times past through the discouragement have been successful. When the storms came and the powerful blocks and knocks and hits, it only made them rise up and to see that there was great possibilities. They recognized the challenge. They turned a lemon into a lemonade whenever we face discouragement. Try to keep in mind that there's three possible ways we can react. First, discouragement is often self-pity, an expensive emotion we can get along without and doesn't do any good to develop us, doesn't bring out of us anything at all. And the most effective antidote to discouragement is intelligent action with our hands in the hands hand of Jesus Christ. We need to just try it. Second, within any discouraging situation, there is almost always working the opportunity for growth, for maturity, for togetherness, for abounding in the great success. There's something about it that we ought to say, that's good. And thirdly, discouragement should be kept in its proper perspective. What may at the moment seem like the end of the world and defeat won't seem very important. Ten days from now or ten years from now or maybe ten minutes from now 
if we, with intelligent action, understand that we are chosen people of God, ready to reach out at the same at the time that we live with the great power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is revealed the righteousness of God from faith unto faith. For the just shall live by faith. By faith. And we have the answer in preaching the presence of the Lord Jesus in the lives and to the lives of those who are lost and dying is that which can cause us to rise. The devil couldn't get along without this priceless wedge. But we can. By realizing that being human qualifies us for some occasional pressure by that wedge, but that we have within us the strength to pull away, to rise above, and take advantage of the opportunity. And as I read to you, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Why he says that the devil has wiles. He has attacks. He's strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. And you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How do you do it? By intelligent action in the power of the Lord Jesus. Oh, but I want to sit over here and criticize the situation. Now, you, you, you in self-pity. See, rise above. We'll end up happier, successful, when we have intelligent action bound up in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The next time you're tempted to feel discouraged about something, try taking the attitude The businessman that said, This is good. This is good. Why? Makes me face why? Power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, He said, It's no more I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I'll live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's no people on the face of the earth as blessed like Christians are. I'm asking you in all humility and all power if the old devil tries to go about and discourage us in our great work for Christ to say that's good. He's a loser. Christ is a winner. And if you're subject to the gospel call, I want you to come as we stand together and sing, believing, repenting, and being baptized into him as we stand together.